Welcome to Take It From The Iron Woman. My name is Susanne Müller, your host and the Iron Woman. This podcast is about empowering yourself and others to make real changes in the world. You will hear from everyday, smart, sophisticated, hip people like you and me. Not everybody has to be an Iron Woman to impress the world. Together, we will learn from the sports and business leaders how you can become a more successful person as an entrepreneur or a leader. It's one step at a time, one day at a time. Take your steps now, take your big steps now. Join me on this journey to success. Hello, everybody. I'm very happy to have Brandy today on our show. Brandy is from Canada. We want to hear from her. Who is Brandy joining us today? Hi, thank you, Suzanne, so much for having me. My name is Brandy Heather. I am, I am a, a wonderfully simple person. I, I spent 20 years teaching in the college system, trying to help students figure out how to find ways to make their practice in physical activity and physical education more accessible and working with kids with disabilities and older adults, looking at how we could change the system so that everyone could be physically active and move. From there, what I found out was probably my most effective skill was teaching people to play and find things that made them feel playful again, actually really motivated them not only as post-secondary students to learn, but also as people who want to be movers. That is where I I come from. I come from a place where I really fundamentally believe that, that if we can be more playful, we will be more resilient. We will actually face challenges and, and do things differently. That's really beautiful. So I know on your LinkedIn profile, it says social change in education, health and business through play. We talk many times about business. Playing gets lost a little bit. I would like to know when you were a young girl, were you always focusing or figuring out that you would be somebody who motivates other people to play a little more. It's funny, I grew up in a house, my dad was an artist and grew up in a very playful house. I had art supplies forever, and but then I also learned how to make everything into art supplies. So I spent a lot of my childhood building and creating and painting and making a lot of mess. And I was allowed to do that. And I think that part of that has become certainly the focus of what I do, which is finding that kind of making something out of nothing. We were always building. We were always finding different ways to do things. And yeah, we had huge amounts of mess and failure. So I kind of surrounded myself with that. As you go forward, you realize, whoa, we really, we really lose that. We really lose that ability to be playful. So my always my hope is that if you can reignite what that felt like when you did that, that part of that actually becomes part of your performance moving forward. Because we could capture that if we could bottle it. The kids in the grocery store and we're like, oh, if I could just bottle that energy and how much fun they're having hiding in hiding in the aisle. If I could bottle that. It's a performance enhancement. Like it. Yeah. But we, we lose it. We lose it because we, we fear judgment and social change and all those exactly. things. Exactly. Yeah. That's a very nice picture when we can bottle this to be like a child again. And I know that children ask a hundred questions and we as adults ask sometimes only two questions. I'm wondering where came pivotal moments in your life when you knew 
to change your career like into that more playfulness i know you you were, have been a teacher but what is kind of like the development and the evolution of your teaching career that then led into the career that you have now it's, it's an interesting question i've probably had a couple of really key playful moments where aha moments and and realize holy this really does make a difference and one of them was for a long time i ran a nonprofit organization just off the side of my desk where we were inviting families and kids who were experiencing disability and maybe even had undiagnosed disability and, and very complex disability all in the same space and and we were really just learning how to do some fundamental movement skills and connection and and over time what it became was when families realized that this this space was a place that they could come they could actually come and feel like they were more capable so parents felt more capable and then kids would reflect that they would they would feel more playful more engaged and and more able and one of the parents said to me one day you don't understand this is just a free program that you think people just drop into but you give us a space where for the first time in some of our days we come back to the joy of parenting the joy of watching our kids do something without that shame and judgment that comes from every time we seem to walk out of this space people see us differently and see our kids differently it really struck me it was a conversation that changed me i i realized wow what we're actually finding here is not about physical literacy and movement what we're finding here is connection and belonging people are finding their joy again and i don't think you can buy that um, wow this is so beautiful i hear like it's also about acceptance and maybe for those parents it's also letting go and they see the children play and they can maybe become better parents through the activities that you were providing yeah also empowering when you look at the word disability there is ability in it just <laughs> take that dis away they have other abilities that we don't have and i really do believe it like at the line when you see someone in play when they're really immersed in play and I, it doesn't matter if you're zero or 105 when you see someone be playful you will see their greatest strengths you will see how resilient how inventive how creative we see it all the time in my work people will stand on the outside and watch people in play and they'll say mm -hmm. I had no idea they were that and you can fill in the blank inventive able connected personable all of those things and it's the 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 psychologist chick sent me holly talks about flow when we are in flow we don't think it just comes natural when we are playing we we don't think it's almost as we take on another persona flow and play very integrated very similar processes an athlete in flow can also be an athlete in play and a, a business person who gets on a roll and feels that oh my goodness i just did that or presented that that feeling that yeah. euphoria that also is a, a play moment And, and we're so scared, I think, in the adult world to mm -hmm. say, wow, that was really playful for me. I, I enjoyed that so much. It was like playing when I was a kid. So scared that someone will connect that with that was unproductive or it was silly or whatever. I mean, we have lots of social attachment to play mm -hmm. that we don't attach to children, but we do it whatever that age is. It's and a so judgment. We, it's a judgment. And we're so happy to call it other things. But if you really capture it and you really feel it, it's actually 
actually exactly what you felt the first time you jumped off a swing. Two years ago, I was able to a keynote address for girls who were in grade five. I think there was a, you know, 700 kiddos in grade five and, and all girls. And one of them happened to be my daughter at the time. So it was really special for me. One of the things that we know is that there's some pretty key moments in when girls especially stop moving and, and playing sport and doing recreation and seeing their bodies differently, seeing their capability differently, how they socially interact. It, one of those guideposts is grade five. My goals is to be able to tell young girls, you don't have to wear this. You don't have to be the shape everybody else is. It's one of the processes we use in our programming. Moving and playing and physical activity, being yourself, choosing something versus doing it because someone else is doing it is really key to doing it for a long time and not for a little bit of time. So Play Brave to me was was about physical and social connection. If you love dance, you're now 11 years old or you're 10 years old and, and there's no dance programs because everybody's taken dance since they were three, can't find a class or but you mm -hmm. still love to dance. If you love soccer, but nobody you, you know mm -hmm. likes soccer, no, none of your friends are playing, you need to play brave. Ask questions and find spaces where you, there is that point where girls especially make choices based on what other people want mm -hmm. and not what they want. It is, it is hugely brave to do something that other people don't expect you to do. Nobody else does. It's about raising and empowering their self-esteem and grade five, they forget they are allowed to ask a hundred questions, do what they love. Yeah. Yeah. And I also okay. think these days, obviously we have you, we have more like people in schools who are empowering people what to do. My mom always says, you should have been a swimmer. I'm like, yeah, nobody invited me. Had I had you or listened right. to your speech, I, I might have been or become a swimmer. Yeah. I learned it later on. So, but that's, yeah. that's okay. I think that's a hugely play brave move because we have pretty set expectations of what we're going to do after we're 20 or 30 or 40 or 50. <laughs> I think so. And it sounds like Brene Brown, right? Yeah. We don't need to be the same as others. So, so hard. Huh? And especially in a world we're surrounded by social media that really funnels us in this, what we supposed to look like. And, and we talk a lot in Play Brave about filters. We can spend our whole day putting on filters. I can look like a million bucks. I can look fitter and taller and all those things. I can filter all of the things I don't want to see. You'll never really get in to play because play is authentic. If we can post our life in, in its natural state versus we're going to add cat ear tails to everything and starlight and makeup. But what if we stopped taking off those, started having an unfiltered conversations and unfiltered play? People would know more authentically who we, who we really were. But we can filter our emotions. I'm curious to find out. I know something special is happening on October 30th. We play chat. How is that going to happen? And who will be there? The drive of the U.S. Play Coalition is really to ignite how play is making change in all sorts of spaces around the world. And one of the things that they do every month is they invite experts in play, come on to a Twitter show, and we come on to the Twitter, ask questions, they can, so we kind of build connection through Twitter. My We Play chat will be about how we're using play to increase connection in diversity and inclusion. Those are two kind of key areas that I work in. Yeah. People often say, me how play relate to diversity mm. 
how do we use it to include more people? And, and so the chat is really about telling people that play is actually one of the most universal languages there mm-hmm. is, that it actually has no boundaries in terms mm-hmm. of where it can be done and, and how it can be done. And it doesn't need connected language. It doesn't need any of those things. It, it's actually a very diverse concept, but how we use it is, is really the key. And so this chat, I, I want people to ask questions. I want them to ask questions mm-hmm. about inclusion in classrooms, for example, and mm-hmm. how play is changing the face of how teachers can include more kids, not just kids with disabilities, because oftentimes culture and diverse ability and diverse understandings and beliefs and wonderful aspects of diversity. And, and actually, if we go higher than that, play is way up here. So that the chat is really about asking questions about play and process, mm-hmm. about diversity and inclusion training that we do for high profile businesses that actually high level businesses into play to find out where they need to, to go in process. And the handle is we play chat. This is the whole day then, or is there a specific um, time no. when you start? Yeah, it's 9 p.m. Eastern mm-hmm. and 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Using that hashtag, you'll see the whole conversations. So we want to chime in October yeah. 30th. We play chat. We will certainly have that in the show notes. I wish you wonderful success to see what's happening. Excellent. And as the Iron Woman, I'm certainly always interested in moving. And actually, I'm standing here because you <laughs> uh, empowered me. I was like, we do a show. <laughs> I also need to be active. So thank yeah. you so much, Brent. Randy, and so hopefully good. we can hear from you more and good luck with everything and the great work you're doing. Thank you so much. Thanks so much, Suzanne. Wow, wasn't that the coolest episode so far? Until next time, take it from the Iron Woman. See you soon.